What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Alexander Feliste, and Mr. Bill Militello, who I'm sure a lot of you know from, uh, well, he was he spoke at Veterans REI Live last year, and he's obviously been around the military community, but Bill is the founder and CEO of Local Vest, as well as a Marine Corps veteran, and he's done just a ton in the real estate private money, uh, venture capital world. And yeah, he's, I've gotten to hear him speak once or twice and just phenomenal wealth of information. So this is gonna be a really good show as we kind of dig into, uh, well, raising money and, and some of the fun, fun things that go into that side of the real estate realm that everybody always has questions about because everybody always wants more money. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. So, uh, Bill, it's funny how that is. I know, I know. <laughs> welcome hey, to the thank, show, brother. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it, David, Alex. It's a real honor. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, why don't you uh, share with the guests just a little bit about a little bit more detail about your background than what I just waved off? Oh uh, well, as you said, I think the most important part was Marine Corps veteran, right? And after that, uh, got out of the Marine Corps in 1997, and and as I'd like to share with people. Uh, there was really not a lot of transition assistance back then. I think uh, we took a course and the guys uh, at the front of the room. And I was like, we're going to interview for being undertakers or whatever. So, so it was, it was a tough time transitioning and my wife affectionately refers to it as the flaming reentry. And, and so, uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I started, you know, trying to tread water right off the bat, kind of the head went underwater a few times with, uh, uh, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur. But basically, that was it. After, a, you know, short stint on on Wall Street and uh, 9-11 happened and uh, went to work as a consultant to the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, as a port in the storm, thought I was going to go back to Wall Street. That didn't happen. And in January of 2003, hung out of shingles with my first company. So started four businesses, sold two, all in financial services, all in, you know, private investments, uh, doing deals, real estate, venture capital, et cetera. And um, as you said, now I'm the CEO and founder of LocalVest, which is really built for the purpose of helping military veteran entrepreneurs and real estate operators connect with capital quickly, easily, and inexpensive. Uh, I need that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So I that. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> well, we're, we're a little far apart and, you know, my checkbook is in the other room. So, uh, but in, in, in all seriousness, you know, I, uh, my, my whole focus has been financial services. I, I wanted to go in from the time, uh, I could remember, but I also wanted to serve my country. And so I knew that being in the military is a young man's game. And I was going to front load that and then move on and, you know, kind of uh, earn and earn the benefits that uh, that our country provides with our, you know, free market uh, system. And so along the way, um, I don't know, I guess my stats, if I was a baseball player, we've uh, bought a, uh, about four hundred and eighty five million dollars worth of commercial real estate uh, invested in over uh, 50 companies, primarily technology companies. Uh, over 100 transactions uh, and led series seed rounds, series A rounds, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, trying to take that capital raising syndication experience, um, regulatory experience, and bring it to bear to help uh, military veterans. Wow. Do it right, right? Because there's a lot of ways to do it wrong, and I see it done wrong every day. But, you know, really uh, keeping them from, you know, stepping on it, if you know what I mean. That's a double threat, Bill, because for syndicators, they need both help with the syndication and the capital. So. Yeah, it's it's a process, right? I, you know, Alex, thanks so much for saying that because I think a lot of people miss that 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 syndication is actually a process, and there's rules, and that you've got to follow, and you've got to have knowledge. It, it's a profession to be a syndicator, and then of course 
you know, the, the money is what everybody's focused on, but you've got to do all the things right in the right order and, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's or else, you know, you just have, uh, you know, you're, you're welcoming um, bad news into your life and you don't want to do that. So I just closed my first syndication that I led actually in, in December. Awesome. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Um, and the process for me, not like, you know, doing a single family deal, the process is similar, but it's not the same. Um, so that definitely was the hardest part about, you know, I got to go out to people. I got to ask them for money. I got to get a deal that you, you know how, like you get to do a deal and it's like, you don't, you think, you know, it's a deal. And then you got to dig and you dig and you dig and you're basically digging to the last day to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Right, so right. And then you're like, I have to dig into this deal, but I don't really know the process. And somewhere along there, I have to have enough confidence to know that a, it's a good deal and B it's going to close and then go ask people for money all while I really don't, this, the process is complicated. And so, um, <laughs> yes. like you said, so having like understanding how it works in theory, and then being able to navigate the, um, the legalities and the pro and you know what's supposed to happen next and and the people who are you got to know people who are going to give you good advice uh so yeah i mean those are all really i don't know if they're underestimated but people when they talk about these deals like you said they're like what's the, what's the money and i'm like that's the easy part if you got a deal that works it's like you still got a mountain of, of stuff to get through yeah you know the, in some respects the money is easy and in some respects it's really hard um, I would say that the operator, you know, finding the deal, whether it's a venture back company or it's a piece of real estate or whatever you're doing, raising money for a fund, you know, finding the deal, if it's a great deal, and believe me, you gotta, you gotta kiss a lot of frogs to, you know, turn over a lot of stones to find great deals. But when you find a great deal, you can't, and you have the confidence, as you said, to know it's a great deal and you pull the trigger, right? You, you're crossing the line of departure. Now you're committed, right? You, you your deposit goes hard and you got to go and find the money. You know, I feel like as, as long as people follow and do the right thing, have good counsel, right? And, and you always have to have, you know, good advice. Um, don't try to do it on the cheap. That's, I think that's one of the landmines that so many, you know, veterans step on is that they feel that um, they don't want to pay for good advice because it's expensive. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's not expensive. Making a mistake is expensive. Paying for good advice is not expensive. And, but then it's an education and then you know. So uh, that's, and, and, and by the way, I don't do that, right? So I don't, I don't, I'm not soliciting anybody to, uh, you know, for me to give them advice on syndication. I don't, I don't, I'm not a securities attorney, but I kind of feel like I'm an honorary uh, JD just because of the, I mean, how many of these fellows I've, and ladies I've, I've employed over time. But, you know, it's, you got a great deal. You're right. The money will find you, but you just got to do it in the right way. I, I will tell you one more thing, and I'm sorry to, this sounds, uh, I guess I should take a breath. But one of the, one of the things I found is in, in finding a deal and then going out and getting the money and then closing the deal is that really works against people. I would highly encourage people folks that are listening that want it, that are doing syndications to kind of reverse some of the steps, change the steps. At Mil you know, what I've done is, and I've not always been in the place to do this. So you know, understand that this is, this is, you know, you got to be a little further along, but if you can close the deal with your money, okay. Or friends that will borrow, you can borrow the money from right? Close the money with your balance sheet or money that you can borrow from friends or from high net worth individuals. You will get a better deal at purchase because you'll be able to move quickly, right? Moving quickly in real estate or anything else and certainty of close because you wave the, you know, the checkbook and the, and the account statement in front of them and say, Hey man, I got the money. You want to do a deal or you want to do a deal with the guy down the street who might take 60, 90 days to close and, but I'm gonna, I want a discount, right? I got certainty of close. I have the funds. We're going to do it. I'm going to get a discount. You do it. And then you syndicate it after you own it, right? And so that's what I've done. And, it, and it's, you know, you kind of walk in with a, um, you know, with a built-in gain for your investors. Three things. Hang on, David. You just wait. Three things. <laughs> One, um, go, I have a saying. Going, you said earlier about uh, going cheap. Going cheap is the most expensive way. Yes. Uh, to your point. Uh, the second one, I forget. David, go ahead. 
<laughs> oh no no no, um, no 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 i'll let you stumble for a minute it's all good <laughs> uh, so i was just gonna say that i am actually really glad to hear you say that so when we talked on the phone i mentioned that one of the reasons one of the things when i was a gp on the first syndication I, w- I was not the main guy and i realized very quickly like i don't know if i really want to get into this world like the the personality side that handles the syndication like that actual process did not that was not the enjoyable part of real estate for me at all um mm. anyway so i'm looking at a big deal right now that's off market we've been negotiating back and forth it's probably been seven eight hours on the phone with the seller and going back and forth like uh you know 79 doors three different properties mm. but all in the same like two mile radius one mile radius and i was trying to do all this crazy stuff with it to decide if i was going to raise or this or that and the other and i ultimately just said you know what i got two buddies we've got the money 33% partners. Great. High five. And so it's cool to hear you say that because you're right, we're going to be able to take one of the properties down in 30 days. And the other two, I think are going to be 45 day closes. We're getting pretty solid terms. Um, and then if we want to syndicate it afterwards, there's enough meat on the bones and there's a lot of ways to do that. So I don't know if we're going to on this one particularly, but, uh, just, just kind of cool to hear you say that because that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I hadn't even thought about it from that standpoint where you could syndicate it on the back end and, that actually makes a ton of sense. That's a cool, cool strategy if we wanted to go that way. Yeah. Well, and congrats on thinking in that direction, because I think when you do go to syndicate it, I've always told people like, well, I already own it. And so, you know, what greater confidence do I have in this property than, than I put all my money to all my chips in the middle of the table on it. And so <laughs> if you don't like it, I'm going to own a lot more of this than I thought, but you know, that's uh, you know, that's commitment and people really want to, People invest on confidence and trust, right? And so they're like, wow, you've, you're confident about this deal. Alex, you were talking about that earlier, right? You know, what, when do you have that confidence? And so you know, certainly being able to communicate that to an investor that you've got the confidence uh, in a deal because, hey, you know, all your chips are in the middle of the table and, and you got a pretty a big of, bet, bet on. A lot of skin in the game. A lot of skin, yeah. I tell you what, uh, uh, that's, I'm sorry, that's, that means a lot to me, right? As a, as an investor, because I don't just do my own deals. I write checks in, in other deals and other veterans deals. And, uh, you know, I, I look for that, right? I want to see, I want to see them uh, with skin in the game. It makes sense. Skin in the game is, is how I, one of the primary ways that I measure somebody's decision-making. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think about all the time. Um, that also works for our single family listeners. That is how I, fi- that's what I figured out really early on single family. If I'm trying to buy foreclosures with a loan, it's impossible. Get the cash. And what you do is you separate the buying and the financing transactions. And mm-hmm. you can get, if you're trying to do both of them at the same time, they're both complicated transactions. They muck everything up. If you can separate those two, it's like, dude, buy it. As soon as you close, you can do the syndication and get the money back. On the equity side, easy, put a loan on it, no problem. But if you can buy cash now, look, I can't go out there and buy, I don't have, I needed $3 million to close this deal, three and a half million. Uh, I didn't have that. So I don't have that um, luxury, but yeah. in a, but in a, but in, yeah, but an ideal world, the same would go if I could find somebody It's like, um, hey, look, they have an account, they wanna do syndications with me. They don't wanna put all the money and hold all the money, but they could bridge loan it. Hey, buy it for me. You know, we'll buy it together and then we'll go get the loan. I'll raise the money. No problem. You'll, I'll, you know, you'll loan me the $3 million, us, the $3 million for six months, and then you'll syndicate out of it. No problem. Yeah. Listen, you can cut deals like that all day long. Certainly I do. And, you know, you, you give that person a, you know, market interest rate, and then, you know, you give them a, you know, a, a once they're, you fully syndicated the deal, you give them a, you know, free ride uh, in the GP and get them a piece of the carry. And, you know, then, you know, they've made, you know, good interest. It's backed up by real estate, right? So there's, there's collateral there and, uh, uh, for that loan. And then, you know, their, their money's out. And when you, when you pop it or you refi it and you guys get a carried interest out of the general partnership or the manager, you know, their, their rate of return is infinite. So it's a good deal. If you can, if you can, if you can, you know, put that deal together and show it to the right investor, you know, uh, they'll do the deal with you all day long. Yeah, 
I love that that you the way you talk because about it because that's the same way that I approach real estate. Well, I don't know if it's the exact same way, but my whole thing is like, look, if you can find a good deal, then you could find somebody else to pay for it, and you can you can all make money. Yeah, so, listen, and you're you're absolutely correct. I'm sorry, I didn't want to step on your words, Alex. No, okay. yeah, so no, I mean, and it goes beyond real estate, right? Like I've done it in venture, for example. You know, I don't know if people on this call under you know understand venture capital very well, but you know. If you do, here, I'll give you an example that, you know, once a company passes series A round, like and you're in a B, real, real, no kidding, uh, venture capital firms that are, you know, running hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, are stroking checks into B rounds, and C rounds and D rounds. And so if you've got access to a, a B round or a C round and you can, and you can, uh, you know, come in for hundred grand or 200 grand or whatever, just say a hundred thousand dollars. You could, you could borrow that money from syndicate uh, by syndicating. You could basically borrow the money, right? Invest in the round, pay someone a modest interest rate. Now it's going to have a negative carry. So we're talking modest, like three, 4%, and then give them a piece of the pop because, you know, three, four years down the road, maybe five at the latest, you know, you're talking about, you know, B rounds typically are exiting at four, six, eight X. I mean, you're talking about wealth creation. You know, there's a, I've done that a number of times. It's uh, so you can do the same thing in venture as, as what we're talking about in real estate. Yeah, I know real estate. So that's why I look, I started as a single family guy. I had no idea about syndications. It was way, it was out of my, it was out of my confidence level to a degree that I was like, okay, that's just not, but you, you know, you get better at life. Right. And so, um, yeah. And I, I worked in commercial banking underwriting. Um, so to me, the overlap between real estate and business is kind of similar. I happen to know um, real estate, but the financial transactions are largely the same. I'm sure the nuance of venture capitalism is much different that I don't know, but um, financing is financing as far as the bank concerned. <laughs> financing is financing, right? And it's all private money, right? You know, we're not, we, we haven't even talked about going to a bank yet. It's only, you know, after well, you've closed the yeah. deal and you're, and you're looking for a mortgage to take out that private lender, and then you're syndicating the equity, right? So, but but to your point, when you say, um, well, in the first part, if it's backed by real estate, then somebody's going to be happy. So everybody likes everybody likes hard assets as collateral. Sure, sure. Who doesn't, <laughs> right? You know, it's uh, I, a hundred percent. So talk about um, the private the, the equity side. The private uh, you're talking. In terms of what? I'm sorry. Um, well, you said that's where you, you had a background in doing private lending. Yeah, well, you know, whether it's uh, if we're talking about like those venture capital or private equity deals. So you're moving away from real estate and talking about those kinds of deals. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, listen, entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs, right? And and I have, you know, got a soft spot in my heart for entrepreneurs, particularly military veterans. And you know, the, and, and the reason is, is because, you know, nobody teaches syndication, nobody teach, or if they do, I haven't, I haven't heard it taught well. And it's, it's, and, and raising money is, is one of the hardest things you can do outside of serving in uniform. And, and really the, the success of most entrepreneurs is really their ability to raise capital and be, their ability to raise capital is a function of, you know, the size of the wallet of their personal network. Right. And so that's a really, really tough thing. But if they but if they go out there, right, if they get out there and they expand their personal network and uh, they gain knowledge and they're looking for deals, and it doesn't matter if it's real estate or, or venture or private equity, but let's just take venture, for example, take that same example that I used earlier that, hey, you got a bunch of buddies, you know, some of them are in, you know, running companies or, you know, startups. And you're able to come in on a round, right? Hundred grand, and you go out and you say, "Okay, you're going to close in thirty days, sixty days, ninety days." I'd like to, I'd like you know, a uh, hundred thousand dollars worth of this illiquid speculative stock, right? And he's like, "Sure." <laughs> um, and so, but you've got to have real conviction in the company, right? Real confidence that this company's going to go. Go someplace, and uh, yeah, you you learn about that company just like you learn about a real estate deal, 
and you gain confidence about it, you go out and you syndicate, you know, 10,000, 20,000, you know, bite size, you know, dollar bite size pieces of it. And you say, uh, listen, I'll pay you a modest interest rate because I'm giving you access. Remember, access to the deal. These peop- people are, don't want to do the homework, right? So you're, your value to the investor is that you're going to go out and do the homework and you're going to, you're going to provide access. And then you're, you got to make sure that you're aligned on it, right? Okay, well, you know, their collateral happens to be the stock. And then you're going to provide them a modest interest rate. And then on the upside, this thing pops in a couple of years, you know, they're going to make whatever, another 20, 30, 40, 50% of the deal. But what you're going to make is, you know, the delta, right? You're going to make the 50, 60, 70, 80% of the upside. And you see a 4X on 100 grand, you know, you know, do the, you know, do the math, it, it ends up being a pretty, a pretty cool event for you financially. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you say one of the most important things an entrepreneur or a real estate syndicator can do is raise money. What about, but then you say you have to have conviction in the deal. So how do you feel about, how does somebody get good at both raising capital and due diligence slash underwriting? It's tough. I tell you, you got, I, I don't know if anybody is really good at both. It's, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I've got, I try to surround myself who's with people whose unique ability is different than my own. Right. So hands down, I love syndication. And, and so, you know, I'm, that's what I do in a, in a partnership, but I, you know, I trust people who are excellent at finders, right. Or, you know, being able to get the deal, or then I tr- trust people who are really excellent at diligence and, and, uh, were really great at operating and, you know, leasing it up or, you know, just making sure that the thing, you know, runs smoothly. And so I think that, you know, trying to be a one man army is a mistake. There's just too many hats to wear. So I think it's about, you know, finding people that you can trust or highly competent in, in their areas of expertise, their unique ability, and just surround yourself with people who are great at things that you're not great at. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in, and we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes, We're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do, and will really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them. And then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'll send you some more information. But know what you're great at. Because everybody's great at something. I'm not blowing sunshine up people's skirt, but it's everybody is great at something. You just got to know what that is. And then just do that and outsource everything else. That's why most syndicators are teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I can't do it all. There's no way. Um, And, you know, I've been really lucky. Well, (laughs) I've been... I, I found my way to be lucky, right? Because I can tell you the 10,000 ways not to do it because I've certainly had, you know, you know, I've had my failures and, and uh, you know, my bumps and bruises and, and things like that. And so it's really through, you know, 20 plus years of experience of, of, you know, meeting some of the bad guys and surviving those things that I know a good guy and somebody who's really competent and honest has that integrity and, and is hardworking. And of course, I don't need to even say it to this audience. That's why I'm just doing business with veterans, you know, because they've got the intelligence, integrity, and grit that is necessary. And, you know, you can't necessarily screen for those subjective qualities, uh, you know, otherwise. And, and the best way to do it, in my opinion, is just to work with, you know, to work primarily with, with veterans. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good filter for what you're looking for. Uh, that's really interesting. 
Agree. So uh, my first, my first 24 unit, I didn't bring on any partners and I made a lot of mistakes. And in some ways that was good for me. Um, and the second one, one of the first things I did when I got in trouble was just <clears throat> I call people, call and ask, ask for help, give up part of the deal, call and ask because uh, having people around that know what they're doing is so much more valuable. Uh, the other thing kind of hit me at the time was um, like life is, it's a long game. And so people mm. get greedy about, Hey, I want to have all of this one deal. And it's like, yeah, you're going to, you are not going to make as much. You could have given up some of your deal and had a better deal. And then also you now have to split that with your investors. So bringing on people, it kind of, like you said earlier, like advice is cheap. Expensive advice is cheap. Going cheap is really expensive. Is it expensive? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love a lot. I, I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, um, you know, I meet some, I almost, in like within minutes, know whether I, or I want to like continue to have a conversation with, with a veteran, even, you know, but let's say most people and, you know, they've got this one idea, they've got this one project or they've got this one company, they've got this one real estate deal. And it is like, they've got their arms wrapped around it. And it's, you know, mine, 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 mine. And it's, and you're like, I can't help you, man, because you know, you're going to have to share it with a number of very competent people to bring them to the table. And yeah, they'll give you 30 minutes of their time to for free to help you because they're good people. But it's, it's people who have that real, I would say, messed up mindset, that scarcity mindset that, and, and I loved it, how David, how you corrected Alex earlier about the, the three plus million bucks. It's like, yeah, you don't have it yet. You have it. You just don't have it yet. Yeah. And so, and you will. And You're so, welcome, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Cause once I have the 3 million, I'll want to spend 15. Of course. It always works that way. Man. Listen, and if you're not hey, listen, when you get to the top of a mountain and we all like to climb mountains, you're going to see higher mountains that you're going to want to climb. Right. And, and, and it's, I, I'm, I'm working on that. It's so funny that you should mention that topic because I feel like if there's anything I'm working on in meditation is this, I don't know if it's a disorder disorder or disease or it's just a personality you know, thing, but the, the concept of more, right? And if, if somebody told me 10 years ago that I would be where I am today, I would have been like, man, you're done, right? You're done, man, you made it, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm like, Man, so much more to do. Uh, have you ever heard the term hedon uh, hedonic treadmill? I don't think so. Tell me about it. Yeah, so. that's what you're talking about. Um, it's the, uh, the, the uh, no matter where you're at, you want more. Like, yeah. So I learned this in the gym. I went to the gym. I, went, I started powerlifting. It's like, I just need to get to 315 pounds. Get to 315. Guess what? 405 or, or you're a sucker. <laughs> get to 405. <laughs> It's like 500, you know, 400 is for girls, you know, 500 is for men. You get to 500, you're like, guess what? Not a man yet. Right. Oh, and then you, you find out after, after a while, you start to figure out like, um, it's not a disorder, but it is a human condition. And some people definitely suffer from it more than others. Uh, addicts suffer from it more than other people. And then people who have generally intense personalities or get passionate about things. Uh, these are all good traits. It's a manageable, it's like, you know, get addicted to the healthy. I don't things. know any intense Marines though. I don't know any. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, on a treadmill. That's a that's a known that's a known difficult human condition. Yes. Yeah. I like I like that you mentioned bringing in somebody who's a like subject matter expert to the splitting things out. So I, I mentioned that we're splitting this deal three ways. It's three assets, two apartments, one hotel. One of the three people I'm bringing in owns a hotel forty minutes south, and I was like, bro this is not my realm. You look at this deal. You tell me if you want, like I had him look at it with my property manager and he called me. I was like, I want in like, okay, cool. All right, we'll take it then. <laughs> like, I'm not touching this thing. If you don't, if you're not in, cause I don't know the first thing about running a hotel. So, you know, but the numbers on it are good. So I'm like, all right, yeah. well, Hey, if this guy's got one and we've got bank financing at good terms, I mean, I guess, I guess in a, in a weird way, this is probably about the best timing to buy a hotel. Because I feel like we're kind of coming out of the hey, worst time. David, I think you're. Hotel. I think it's brilliant, man. I listen. I, if anybody's on the on the call that is like got a hotel deal, limited service hospitality, and they're looking for a business partner or just money or help syndicating, give me a ring. 
I've been looking for a hotel for like six months now. And uh, so, yes, if I mean, to the extent that, uh, you know, you want my approval, you don't need it, is uh, I think that, Alyssa, I've always been, um, this is another great topic, actually. I've always been a contrarian. And, you know, and and what they say about, you know, real estate is true. It's not how you sell it. It's how you buy it. Right. And so and I know I'm going to I know what I'm going to say next is sacrilegious to a lot of listeners. But um, listen, multifamily scares the shit out of me right now. Okay, it just scares the bejesus out of me. Why? Because it's priced to perfection and it has been. Okay. I stopped buying multifamily, I think in 2016. Okay. I own 13 communities, you know, with partners, right? You know, thousands of doors. And we have our last community uh, uh, under contract. And I can't wait to get at it, honestly. And so, and so three years ago, when I made a shift to, you know, flex industrial, and now, you know, over the last year bought, oh, wait a second, don't, you know, people are going to have come at me with pitchforks, pitchforks and torches and crosses buying office. Oh, office, office will never come back. That's exactly what I want to hear. I want people to tell me I'm crazy because every time somebody's telling me I'm crazy, I'm like, I just, I'm going to go buy more. I like it. Uh, the multifamily part, I think is, if I think it's a function of if you're a guy like me, I look at it and say multifamily is probably a little risky right now. Real estate's real estate's been overpriced for four, three years, like you're like you said, four years for sure. Um, but I would, with the yeah. well, with the interest rates low, and mm-hmm. they're going to hang low for a reasonable amount of the future, and the inflation is coming. I think it's a somewhat safe bet, although an overall risk. So I think it turns out to, if you're a young fellow who's trying to get started and learn, there's a lot more upside that's worth the risk. If you've been doing it a while and you're like, dude, I need to preserve, preserve my capital. I need to make less risky bets. And I don't have the learning curve to, um, to buy the, you know, I'm buying, I'm buying risk to learn because the learning is going to carry me. Even if I, even if I get burned, you know, during a correction, the, the learning is going to carry me for the next 60 years. So I understand that position where you're like, Hey, look, it's just risky and you don't need to take the risk, but others, some people. we do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally get that. And, and I do. And I would say my corollary to that, because I'm not totally against it. It's finance it. Right. Okay. Get your, get your money out long. Right. And fixed and, and have, and have a buffer, right. Just be able to ride out the next, downturn because there's always a downturn right the world moves the universe moves in cycles right you know the tides night and day the moon you know waxes and wanes seasons so the universe operates in cycles and business cycles are just part of you know the universe so just expect it but you know uh have a reserve uh you know fix your interest rate uh just do those smart things. I, and I got a, just, a I got a Freddie Mac loan with an assumable with an assumable mortgage. Yeah, how, and how long is that fixed for? Ten. Yeah. Years. And when did you when did you get it? December. Yeah. So you're good. You'll listen. And and I and I say all of that because I agree with the other parts that you say. Inflation is here. Inflation's here. Anybody try to buy a, a sheet of plywood, right? Recently, like uh, you seventy dollars. I mean, like, it's like, is it gold plated? I mean, like, does it nail itself to the to to your house for you? I mean, what the? What, it's crazy, right? And look at gasoline. What has happened with gasoline? What's happened to you know things of that nature? So inflation is here. Um, I talked, I think, previously about you know M one money supply. If you look, if you just pull that up. That measures the velocity of money in the economy. Not to make this an econ class, but it's very simple. That the velocity of money, which measures really the 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 vibrancy of an economy, the health of economy, peaked in two thousand seven. It plummeted and uh, until twenty sixteen had a bump during the Trump administration. Fell, you know, put in a new low during COVID, and is now coming back up. But 
you know, it's coming back up with trillions, trillions, and trillions of more dollars in the system. You're talking about uh, unleashing massive, massive inflation. So get long assets, but don't, but finance them smartly. Structure the financing so you don't lose the damn thing. I almost, I almost don't want to say this because it might not go through, but the financing we got, we have a meeting with a president of a bank on Monday. The guy who owned, the guy who's financed all these deals, it's a small, small town. And so the president of the bank who's already lent on them really wants to pull us in, talk to us and see if he can beat the terms that we found somewhere else. The first bank or well, the second bank we talked to, uh, the terms he threw at us was 30 year am it's floating. It's not fixed, but with a 6% ceiling, no balloon. I'm like, I'll take I'll take 30 year, no balloon. Okay. Like six is six is high. Not a, not, I mean, it's not the end of the world. And if we're starting at three point, it's like 3.8, 3.85. I'll, I will take a 30 year, no balloon on anything right now. If you're going to give me that. Amen. 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 Listen, that's really smart to see it. Most people are too naive and they just look at, Oh, well, this is a lower rate. Yeah, but it's a lower rate that's gonna, you know, gonna reset in two years or five years or seven years. It's like, let's. I'd, I'd rather. You will never see. We've already seen the bottom in interest rates. They're not coming. They're not coming back. We've already seen it. It's bottom. We're going up from here, and uh, so hold on to your hat, get long, uh, and and fix your interest rates to the greatest extent possible. So. I want to, if we can, shift gears a little bit here, Bill. We haven't actually touched on it yet. Can you give a brief overview on LocalVest? Right, like I'm, I'm Dave, <laughs> sure. the guy who wants to get into real estate. Tell me what I'm. Tell me what. So I, I went and cruised your website, right? And it, it's simple. It, it's I like it. It told me what I needed to know. But from from you, you know what what if I'm Dave, the new guy, and I'm like, oh, what's this? What should I expect if I go check out LocalVest? What do you What do you guys offer? What do you guys? Uh, I guess what's in it for me. <laughs> Yeah, what's in it for you? Well, I guess, you know, it's a marketplace, really. I mean, there's no transactions that occur there. But in, in, in the broadest sense, it's a marketplace where there's, you know, there's investors who are buyers and there's issuers of securities who are, you know, real estate guys and gals and, uh, you know, venture back companies and funds that are uh, issuers of securities. And they're the, the sellers, right? They're looking for investment capital. And so uh, at the 30,000 foot view, that, that's really what it is. It's really there to level the playing field because it's so doggone tough to raise money and to know what to do, right? To, what, uh, to do it properly, to have a process, to be able to access a network of high net worth investors. I think that the, the wallet share, uh, the wallet of the, of the investor base on local vest, I'm going to do some quick math in my head, I think is like 16 to $20 billion right? So, um, you know, if you've got a good deal, you could raise money. And that's, uh, and so that's me bringing, you know, my 20 plus years of syndication and capital raising experience together with my passion to help, you know, the military veteran entrepreneur. I said at the beginning of the podcast that, hey, my transition, you know, really sucked, right? You know, it was, it was fraught with unemployment and, you know, six figures in credit card debt. And uh, so, you know, it's easy to laugh about it now, but it's, uh, you know, I can remember, you know, eating mac and cheese for a long time and, you know, it really was not fun. So I still do that. It, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, choice though. Yeah, yeah, it was not my choice. I'd like something other than mac and cheese. But it's, but in all seriousness, um, you know, like losses, like anything, any hardship, you learn from it and you, you hope you learn from it, right? And, uh, and I certainly did. And, you know, for over the last 20 years, it's been, it's been great. Uh, you never stop learning. Um, and so, you know, that, that's what local vest is, is that I want to, I want to make sure that the military veteran entrepreneur who says, Hey, listen, I've done a deal or I want to do a deal. I want to, I want to do a third deal. Um, I want them to be able to, uh, access the capital. And then I want the investors who are other military veterans primarily, or people just who want to, want to support veteran entrepreneurs, um, 
you know, can find these deals because there is no clearinghouse currently. Local Vest is it. No clearinghouse for, you know, military veteran led companies and, and real estate projects. So we're, we're the place, um, you know, we want to continue to grow it. Um, that's, that's what we're up to. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I went, like I said, I went and looked at the website. It was simple. It told me what I needed to know. Definitely a fan. So I think it's a great opportunity. And I think, I think you're definitely onto something like Alex said earlier, where you, I mean, you've done a ton of these deals and if you're, you know, I mean, veterans, I mean, obviously not every veteran, but as far as the character traits you're looking for with, you know, integrity and uh, grit, I would, yeah, I would say that by and away, there are much more, you're, you've got a much higher propensity for hitting the right mark in those traits with a veteran than you do someone who's never been tested. Not necessarily because, you know, a veteran is inherently going to be that way, but just because they've been through the fire a little bit more, right? Yeah, like, listen, they, yeah, they've been, you know, in the crucible, they've been in the fire, they've been tested, right? They've been slapped into the breach, you know, all these sayings, right? At least survived and, a drill instructor. <laughs> that's right. Uh, listen, it, it, whether the military attracts a certain person or the military, you know, produces a certain person, and there's probably, you know, a, it's both things are, are true and to some degree. Um, it, it makes me, it just makes me feel good, right? I want to, I want to help them. They, they've given so much and on, they've given so much, right? I mean, nobody gets rich in Right. I mean, I remember, you know, as a second lieutenant, my uh, well, now you know, as from excuse me, from your military salary, let me put it that way, right? You know, so that's where, that's where I was going. Is is like I Dave, think I made, David's not making much money in real estate or the military. Don't get him. Don't let him get you excited. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is um, you know, I think I made seventeen thousand dollars a year, right? And um, and yes, even in nineteen ninety two, that was not a lot of money. So. <laughs> So between, you know, my wife who had a full-time job and, and me as a second lieutenant, we were able to buy a property though, right? And, you know, we had a combined income, I think of like, I don't know, $41,000 a year, but we bought a property and we, and then we, we went and bought another property and we rented it out. And a number of years later, we sold it, and, you know, made money. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, you, the military veteran really deserves, um, you know, a shot. Not everybody wants to go to work for Boeing and general dynamics and whatever else. Right. You know, there's a growing group. We haven't talked to, I talk to vets every day and there's such a growing group of people that are just like, I just want to start a company. I just want, I have this idea. I want to get into real estate. I want to own, I want to be financially free. And they just, they just don't know how, right? And then there's more programs with, that are in masterminds, which are great, that are teaching the how, but then, then they're left kind of at the altar with, but now I need money, right? I need to, and now I need to learn how to syndicate. I need to access you know, a network of people who can write checks or is willing to take the risk on me. And so bringing that whole ecosystem together on a platform like LocalVest I think could really, you know, turbocharge, for lack of a better term, you know, this movement. And I really think it's a movement that, you know, people are like, you know, maybe I don't want to go work for a Fortune 100 company or something like that. Maybe I want to, you know, be an entrepreneur, you know. And, and if there is a group that's good at it, you know, even the Small Business Association did a, did a study and they said that, that, the, that a military veteran has a greater propensity to be an entrepreneur than someone who has a graduate level education. I like it. I think, so, um, yeah. yeah, business and entrepreneur, we talked earlier about it takes a lot of confidence. It just takes the idea that like, Hey, I can, I can, I'm not scared of this thing. And somebody said to me on, on this last deal, they're like 50 units, $3 million raising a million dollars. That's so scary. And I'm like, I've seen way scarier stuff than this. This ain't scary. <laughs> Amen, brother. Right. And so I think that I think to your point about military veterans, it's like, OK, um, you know, anything where there's no bolts flying, I'm not worried about at all. <laughs> I might lose some money, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm right. fine. 
So I think that really is it. Where it's like, oh, because depending on where you buy, you could get shot in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Try to collect rent. There are some. There are some investors who buy stuff that's scarier than anything. That's why you have partners, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! All right, hey Bill, we got a couple questions we always ask everyone on every show. All right, all right, let's do it. I'm, I'm now I'm afraid. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're easy. They're, they're Marine Corps level questions. You're good. Um, so the first one I always ask is uh, if a E1, E2 or you know, 18, 19 year old was to ask, walk up to you and just ask you for like one piece of advice, one thing you wish you'd known when you were 18, what, what do you think you'd be the one thing you'd have to tell them? Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm just going to go with my, the first, my gut. And my gut is fear nothing. Fear nothing. It is. It just, it, listen, enjoy the ride. It is the things that you think are big deals are not big deals. I like that. I like that a lot. Cause I, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. I mean, this, this deal I'm working right now is gonna be the biggest one I've taken down. And I'm, I, I mean, we literally like we're the three of us were sitting down talking and I, I finally just came to the end. It was like, if you lost this much money, would you be okay? If you lost this much money, would you be okay? All right. None of us want to lose this money, but. We'd all be okay. What do we have to lose? We're going yeah. for it. So. That's it. You, listen, money is infinite. There would be the second thing I would say. Money is infinite. You make it every day. You know, there is you know, in, incredible sums of money out there. And, um, and so it's okay to, to it's, you know, account balances go up and down, right? And uh, it's okay. You know, you'll, you'll learn something. You'll, you'll still survive, right? If you lost that money on that deal. Uh, but probably your, the education you gain from it will be infinitely more valuable to you. And you'll make, you know, 10, 20, 100x on that because of the knowledge you gained. And that it's not over. It was just a, an education. You paid your tuition. Yeah. yeah. You, need, you needed to learn something. Real estate's like very forgiving too. Businesses um, can be very, can be volatile, uh, but real estate is very forgiving overall. And so a lot of times people are like, hey, should I do this deal? And I, I, I had a guy the other day, he called me, he was stressed out about this deal and stressed out about this deal. And I'm like, dude, you're going to make 30 grand in this deal. If you really mess it up, you're only going to make 20. Stop. <laughs> Go sign a check. And actually, actually, he took so long worrying about, worrying about, worrying about, he missed the deal because yeah. it took too long. But worrying about, you know, I'm like, dude, if you make the great, you're going you're gonna to make this tragic, horrible mistake, you're only going to make 20 grand. If you do well, you could make 30, 35. So like, you know, you're, you're overanalyzing the risk and underappreciating the return. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, question number two. What is one resource that you would recommend? Anybody looking to get started in, normally I say real estate, but in this case, maybe I'll, I'll piggyback it and say real estate or, or private equity financing if there's... I don't know if there's a specific resource in that world either. Yeah. You know, the, the, the unfortunate answer is that there aren't any, right? There's like hor- no resources. It's like a, it's a total OJT, you know, uh, type of learning. But I guess w- what I would do if I really wanted to learn about that is I'd get in the hip pocket of somebody who's, who's done it, done it a number of times and has integrity, right? And you just learn and you're going to pick up stuff. And, you know, I, you know, I think that about education, the thing that's missing in America today is that whole, you know, mentor protege or, you know, journeyman tradesman type of thing where, you know, you follow the, you know, you follow the person around that's been doing it for a long time you know, they do it in the trades, right? They do it in plumbing and electrician and carpentry and stuff. And they need to do it in everything, right? And you just kind of shadow somebody. And, you know, and I think that's, I think that's possible. Uh, it's highly specialized, you know, plumbing. It's like, there's the, the thing about plumbers is they're like, well, everybody's got a, everybody has plumbing. Whereas syndication, it's highly specialized. So I totally understand, I totally agree with your point, but I understand why it's like, hey, if you, even if you made a big resource about this, how what's your user base for people that would that would need it? You know? Um, yeah, you're right. You know, if you that, maybe that's the reason why uh, that you know nobody has really you know codified a program. I started to write a book during COVID, and, and it's now on the shelf on how to syndicate, creating a course. Maybe I'll dust it off and 
and start rewriting it. But you're right. You know, uh, it's uh, it's something that you kind of got to learn from doing and, um, you know, just expand your network and talk to people who have done deals and and in a mastermind. Hey, bring a deal to the table analyze it not necessarily you know the cap rate and how you capitalized it but more in terms of you know from the time you identified it you know had you take it through the process so that it was a legit syndication yeah also i think it's testament to like people who uh you know if there's no easy education does that mean you're going to give up it's like hey is there a book for this no well okay bye so it's like i think in some ways it it's a it acts as a little bit of a filter it's like the internet yeah. has all the has all the information that you could possibly want, and like you said, it give it, you know you can find somebody who'll teach you it, and you can get to them from the internet. So, yeah. interestingly enough, um, while it would be good if there was a course or something a little more formal, um, the tools are still at people's fingertips. It's whether or not they want to take the time to diligently go get them, because you know I learned this from the thanks to the internet. Um, people can figure it out. Like yeah, I think I spend more time on YouTube than my kids, right? So I'm constantly <laughs> watching videos and podcasts and I'm and listening to them. And uh, so, I, you know, again, I, I keep thinking about how jealous I am of people transitioning nowadays. You know, I'm, I'm knocking on 52 and years old. And like, man, if I had this at 28 when I was transitioning, I would be filling my mind with all of this information. I'd be listening to all the podcasts and and I would have come up to speed a heck of a lot faster. Yeah. All right. Last one is, uh, this is a real hard one. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? Oh, yeah. I thought it was like, what if I was a tree, what kind of tree would I be? But, uh, you know. <laughs> you know that <laughs> but, route, but, uh... no, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, how can you get a hold of me? So it's real simple. My first name is Bill. My, my company is Local Best. So Bill at localbest.com. Shoot me an email, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I think I'm under William. Uh, the only person who calls me William is my mother. So please call me Bill. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but you can kid with me if you want to call me William too. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, listen, love to hear from everybody. Seriously, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, share your story. Uh, and, you know, if you need to grab a couple of minutes with me, I'll shoot you my calendly and uh, you get on my calendar. And we'll wrap for a little bit and, you know, tell me, you know, a little bit about what you're looking for. And if I can uh, be a resource to any military veteran entrepreneur out there, let me know and I'll try to make a connection for you. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys should absolutely take them up on that. Phone calls are great. So um, I appreciate my, I've appreciated your time a, a couple times now that I've gotten to hear you talk and you've come and spoke to our, our mastermind. And uh, it's always, always a pleasure, Bill. Thank you so uh, much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Listen, this was quite an honor, man. I, uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.